Welcome to episode 64 of Uncovering the Corners of the World podcast. I'm your host, Karina Kasmala, using research and my personal experiences where I actually set foot in some of these places, I'll be describing some of the unknown attractions in both the US and around the world. We are continuing our adventure this week in Vermont. We start off this week learning about the most common ingredient that pairs well with a stack of warm pancakes, waffles, and French toast, maple syrup. Located at 4578 US 7 in Pittsburgh, Vermont, is the New England Maple Syrup Museum. Maple syrup was discovered by Native Americans hundreds of years ago before they taught it to settlers. Vermont's agricultural farmers started the maple syrup process as a way to make money during the winter months. Sap was collected from maple trees, next it was dumped into wooden holding tanks, and then the sap was boiled to make maple syrup. Even though Canada is the leading producer of maple syrup and is responsible for about 70% of global production, Vermont produces 42% of maple syrup on the national market. Vermont produced 2.07 million gallons of maple syrup in 2019 and has a deeply rooted farming tradition of maple sugaring. Today, the farmers rely on tubing and vacuum pumps to make maple syrup. At the New England Maple Syrup Museum, Visitors can take a self-guided tour to see the history of maple syrups that start with the Native Americans discovering it. The museum is filled with over 100 feet of floor-to-ceiling murals, dioramas, and a collection of maple sugaring artifacts. A trip to the Maple Syrup Museum wouldn't be complete without visiting the gift shop and buying maple syrup, maple-flavored treats, and Vermont souvenirs. Next, we travel to the only national park in Vermont and the only national historic park that explores the history of conservation and land stewardship. Located at 69 Old River Woodstock, Vermont, is the Marsh Billings Rockefeller National Historic Park. The name is derived from three generations of conservationists. Marsh refers to the childhood home of George Perkins Marsh, the first conservationist and the author of the book Man and Nature, for which he received the title Prophet of Conservation. Then, Frederick Billings, who was a lawyer in the 19th century and a railroad entrepreneur, bought the property. He was influenced by Marsh's conservationist thinking and created a progressive dairy. Mary F. Rockefeller, Billings' granddaughter, along with her husband Lawrence S., became the next owners of the property. The park became a national park due to the Act of Congress and was signed into law on August 26, 1992 by President George Bush. Once arriving at the Marsh Billings Rockefeller National Historic Park, there is plenty of sightseeing stops to visit. Built in 1805 by Charles Marsh, the Marsh Billings Rockefeller Mansion was originally constructed out of bricks and adapted the architectural style of the typical 1780s buildings. 
Not too far from the mansion is the Belvedere Complex. On the outside, the building has a cross gable roof with a cruciform shape with overhanging eaves, while on the second floor is a veranda, similar to those of a Swiss cottage. But on the inside, I would describe the complex as an entertainment center. There is a bowling alley, an outdoor swimming pool, a greenhouse, a garden workshop, and a lookout point. If you walk past the Belvedere complex and past the mansion, you'll find the carriage barn, which was constructed on the foundations of an 1895 stable. It was home to the Billings family horses, carriages, and sleighs. Today, it's a visitor center with exhibits and a bookstore, as well as the National Park Service headquarters. But if you want to learn about the carriage history, you can walk to the wood barn that was built between 1875 and 1876. Across the street from the National Park is our last attraction this week, the Billings Farm and Museum. The Billings Farm and Museum showcases Frederick Billings' progressive farming advancements. There's an exhibit called Upon This Land that dives into the history of the farm, along with a documentary short that describes the lives of Perkins Marsh, Frederick Billings, and Lawrence S. Rockefeller, and their impact on the conservation movement. If you walk through the four original historic barns on the land, you can see displays that show the farming activities that could typically be found on a Vermont farm, along with historic hand tools, farm equipment, typical family possessions, and oral histories. There's also the general store that had equipment and items that rural communities in the 19th century and early 20th century would need, along with a pharmacy and post office inside. The Rural Family House exhibit features the typical morning activities and chores that the 1890 rural housewife in Vermont was responsible for. Besides harvesting crops, farmers cut and harvested ice, and the ice cutting and harvesting exhibit shows the dangers and challenges that farmers faced with that. The main building holds displays and exhibits, but behind the main entrance is the farmer manager's house with an adjoining ice house and farmstead gardens. Besides displays and exhibits, visitors can meet the animals that live there, such as the 70 Jersey cows that call Billings Farm home, and the 45 milking cows that produce nearly 600,000 pounds of milk annually. The Billings Farm is scheduled to be open on April 3rd. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more about the New England Maple Syrup Museum, check out the website maplemuseum.com. To read more about the history of maple syrup, visit the website thecanadianencyclopedia.ca. More information about the Marsh Billings Rockefeller National Historic Park visit the website National Park Service on Marsh Billings Rockefeller National Historic Park. Lastly, if you want to visit Billings Farm and Museum, visit the website billingsfarm.org. Have a great week.